This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everybody and welcome to Mirror Football's Transfer Spy Podcast with you every single weekday until the end of the transfer window. I'm Aaron Flanagan and joining me today to talk over the latest transfers and goings on in the Premier League, first of all is Alex Richards. Alex, how are you doing? Not too bad Aaron, surprised to see you here. I was expecting Mark Jones to be uh, starring... Yeah, I know. Centre. I, I know. I, I, I got a bit of this yesterday. Bit, bit of a ribbing. Apparently, he did a better job than me uh, when, I, when, when I was away at the end of last you week. You don't set uh, the bar too high, so. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm not. I'm not a professional, am I? You know, I just, I just happened to well, be. One the word other. I would never use to describe you, Aaron, is professional. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, but you know, it's not just Alex here today. Uh, Jake Polden. Yeah. How, how are you doing, mate? Good, thank you. I'm here to pick your confidence back up after he's. Uh Gone in like two-footed on you there. Yeah, I knock him good. down, you pick him up. <laughs> there we go, that's good, that's good. LA, I should get you on more often. Um, we're going to start today, um, Just I'm going to start on Chelsea. I know we, we always start on Chelsea, just because they're, they're the most active team at the moment. Uh, but interesting development today uh, is that there are reports that uh, Robert Lewandowski is now their top strike target. They're obviously linked with Gonzalo Higuain. Seems like he's nearing AC Milan as opposed to coming to the Premier League. Um Lewandowski in the Premier League Alex I'll start with you uh, can you see this one this one happening I don't see Bayern Munich letting him go I, I, he's spoken very avidly before about a desire to move and, and Real Madrid is you know the dream supposedly and the team he's always seen himself at but they've got no particular interest in him uh, and I don't see Bayern parting with him you know he's 29 now he's I think he turns 30 in August he's not going to come cheap Bayern will ask a considerable sum I just don't see it yeah um, Lewandowski, uh, obviously one of I think for years has been one of the, the absolute top European strikers, or has been been considered that. Um, why would him he on a personal level consider leaving Bayern and Champions League football to go to Europa League and Chelsea? Would it simply be a payday for him now at this point of his career, or, or I mean, what what what's what's the? Well, I think he's, he's, going to be getting, he's getting paid very well at Bayern Munich anyway. I, I don't. I think for him, the, as I said, he, his dream has been Real Madrid, and I think if he if he is to leave Bayern Munich at any point, that's where he will want to go. I just don't see, as you say, Chelsea Europa League this season. I don't see that as an option for him at all. Yeah. Do you think he just fancies a new challenge? Do you think it's as simple as I that? I think so. He's, he's spent his entire career pretty much in Germany, hasn't he? Um, his entire career has been spent at Borussia Dortmund mm. and and Bayern outside his homeland. Um, could have famously joined Blackburn Rovers had it not been for a volcanic ash cloud. Um, <laughs> I bet he's very happy that didn't happen. Um, I think it is about a new challenge, but I, as I say, I do think that Real Madrid is that challenge he wants. He's, it's just not reciprocated by them. I don't see the Europa League. I think if it were Manchester United and making off a of Champions League football, perhaps, then, then he'd think about it more. 
but, but no. Chelsea and Europa League right now, no, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, Chelsea desperately do need a striker though. Um, I think Alvaro Morata hasn't done it. Mitchy Batshuayi probably isn't going to be favoured. Um, they, so have, they have three though. They have they have a World Cup winner as well in Olivier Giroud. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been, I mean, this is the thing. I think he does get overlooked a little bit, and I think in some ways because Morata hasn't been the player we expected him to be. Giroud is their is their star striker. He, now. He, is their top striker? Is any are any of them though good enough to be? Well, to take Chelsea's level where well, well, no. they want to be, which obviously well, if, if, we, if we rewind twelve months, Morata's joining when they're champions, and everyone there was a lot of oh, isn't this a great signing? But but you say that, but at the same time, it was always on the back of losing Diego Costa, and I I think that's been the most stupid thing they've ever done, quite honestly, is to is to lose that player. You know, he's he's difficult, he's a handful, but he's the player you'd rather have than on you in your team than against you, and to lose a player who he was the he was a difference, he was a fine margins in that in that. That, that season they won the league you know there was I think it was a 1-0 against West Brom he scored that goal he was the, he was the difference he, he got those he ground out those gritty performances and they've seriously lacked that since and, and the fans absolutely loved him as well yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. Um, so if Chelsea don't manage to get uh, Lewandowski or they don't manage to get Higuain Higuain obviously seeming more and more unlikely uh, at the moment I mean where the Chelsea turn, do, do they would you say we they absolutely have to sign a striker because I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're probably not going to get the goals to propel them back into the top four otherwise, are they? Well, definitely, because I think otherwise they are focusing solely on someone like Eden Hazard. And who, who could he, he might not even be there, you know. And also, you know, you're looking at William as well, who's, who's another person who's, whose head may or may or may not be turned. Um, yeah, they definitely have to strengthen, even if it's just to prove to the likes of Hazard that they are still an ambitious team and they are still capable of competing and getting back in a Champions League spot and competing for league titles then to prove to these top players because you know you look at Courtois and, and Hazard who who, out, who have got you know there's interest in them elsewhere are they going to want to stay at Chelsea when they're going to be you know settling for a Europa League spot no they, they, they're going to want to play for Real Madrid it's natural yeah. uh, now uh, another team that definitely needs to strengthen this transfer window and has been linked with uh, a load of players and not much has happened is Manchester United it's another team we mention on this podcast quite a lot uh, Jose Mourinho was speaking overnight um, I would say we're recording Tuesday morning it was Tuesday early hours of Tuesday morning Mourinho was speaking in the United States uh, basically said he wants two players didn't say any names but he expects that he's only going to get one if he's even going to get him um, alarming times for Mourinho um, and, and United because let's be honest they They've looked absolutely dire, haven't they? Yeah, but you've got to mitigate that with the fact that he is without so many first-team players. Um, we spoke about this yesterday that he's really, you know, he's he's really not taking this with good grace, shall we say, this summer. The World Cup, the players not being there, you know, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, you don't want to lambast the point, but they've been very positive about working with the kids and how hard the kids have worked that they've played with and giving them opportunities. Mourinho's completely gone the opposite way. Yeah, they've embraced it, I think. Yeah. You know, I think we all know that teams are, are short pre-season, especially with the World Cup on. We know that, and he should have, you know, embraced that as well and looked at it as an opportunity to give these youngsters a chance to break into the first team. You know, whether or not it's going to happen, you know, whether we'll see the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe, who's really turned it on for Arsenal this summer in the Premier League, is remains to be seen. But, you know, just to give these kids the opportunity and put them in a shot window for a potential loan deal or something like that, at the very least... Is, is is part of building a squad, yeah. which which they've lacked. Yeah, well, uh, United's uh, main transfer link uh, recently has been Harry Maguire. Um, the latest story is that Harry Maguire is uh, going to be offered a bumper new deal from Leicester, probably deservedly so anyway, uh, regardless of transfer links, simply for performances alone at the World Cup. Um, 
is going to be double your money as well. So United have got that to contend with. Also, it seems like uh, Leicester have up their asking price to about £80 million, pounds, uh, whereas United were looking at more in the £65 million pound ballpark. But I suppose £80 million pounds for Harry Maguire. Well, this is what happens like, when you don't get your business done early, isn't it? Yeah. If they'd have moved for him before the World Cup, they're looking at paying half that. Yeah, but then, but then he wouldn't have been an attractive proposition before the World Cup. But, but this, this, is, this is the thing, you know. It's, it's ridiculous that you are if if you're scouting players at that World Cup that you haven't been scouting before, and then you're signing them on the back of World Cup displays. You're doing something wrong. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be a popular view, but will Harry Maguire have a 38 game Premier League season in the same run of form that he had in that World Cup? I, I don't know. It, you know, were we looking at Harry Maguire before this World Cup started? Were we looking at Harry Maguire as going to be one of England's standout players? Yeah. No. We were very much looking we at who will start on that left side of defence. Him Absolutely. or Gary Cahill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was a competition. He wasn't even, he wasn't even nailed on for for a start. And and you know he 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 performed fantastically well. And and he's he's definitely a player. But you know, yeah. is he is he the answer? I don't. I for me for me United. I don't understand the, this desire he's got for another centre half. Guy Eric Bailey, he's got Smalling, Phil Jones, Lindelof, who they spent big money on last mm. summer, and who has now adapted a little bit more and, and was more impressive at the World Cup. I think he could have a better season if they stuck with him. They've got options there, and none of them are bad options. Any of those players go to a club outside the top six, they are that team's best defender. Yeah, I agree, but at the same time, I think the centre back position is a Mourinho position. It's, you know, if you look at his best teams throughout the years, he's had a Terry or a Ramos. He has been. Or a, United's defence last season wasn't that. bad it, it was very solid it was very much decent and a strength of theirs how good their defence was why is he not spending this money on an attacking player with a bit of pace and a bit of flair they're, they're crying out for a quick right-sided winger someone to play opposite Alexis Sanchez Marcus Rashford's had a couple of games there but he doesn't really work as well mm. on the right they're crying out for that and it's something he's he's not gone and fixed yeah, um, interesting. Uh, just quickly, a name you mentioned. Um, I say going back a, a few sentences. Victor Lindelof. Uh, there have been reports in France linking him to Lyon. Uh, obviously, Lindelof will be frustrated if he doesn't get in that team now. Given that he's played in the World Cup and adapted, had the year. You know, I think that maybe would be one to maybe look for in January. Depending I, I, on how I, I what think it could be. It could be one um, if United do get a defender before the transfer window closes next week. European transfer window stays open afterwards. Mm. I think you're going to have a lot of players sitting on the sidelines of those first few Premier League games looking for moves abroad. Yeah. Um, did you think the Premier League teams are regretting uh, the decision to close the window early? Because Mourinho interestingly said uh, overnight, he said, no, he completely agrees with the way it's happening. It's like you should, the team you start the season with is who you should be with until January. So it, Mourinho, despite all the problems with his transfer, has said... An advocate for it, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he's still up for it, but... Do you reckon there will be a few a few faces saying, actually, we might have made a mistake here now? I think there'll be a few that are thinking to themselves um, silently, oh, I wish this wasn't this season. But I think th- I think the majority will very much be, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Because it is, it is the, the best way to do it. They, they've really put themselves up against it this summer, given the World Cup and, and just the way things have panned out. But overall, it is the best way to go about things. Get your team before yeah, the season absolutely. starts and then you move forwards. Yeah. Definitely, and I think every manager will know that. Sort of deep down, every manager will will want to have a team that that is gelled and, and knows each other before the season kick. You don't want to, because it because it screams panic. You know, it screams, oh, we've we've we haven't got the result we wanted from our first two games. Right, we're going to sign a new player. You know, yeah. you don't want that. 
Yeah, uh, one team who has got all their business done early is Liverpool. Um, they've been linked uh, today with, I think it's the, the Italian press, with a player from Cagliari in uh, in Syria, Nicolo Berea. Uh, I'll be honest, can't tell you much about him. We don't really know no. anything. Um, a, a bit of an anomaly, but uh, yeah, that's the link. So obviously we'll we'll follow them ones and see whether anything will go with that. Also, news with Liverpool is that Sadio Mane is in line for a new contract and uh, I've got to say, well-deserved. Yeah, very much so. I, th- I yeah. think he was a little bit overlooked last season, mm. but still had a very good season. He's been very, very good in, pre- in pre-season. Yeah. On the tour, he's been excellent. Yeah, I'd say uh, excellent in the World Cup as obviously Senegal. Mm. Um, I mean, were, were decent, but, you know, he he, he stepped up to the market. Yeah, he really you know, has, he, yeah. he knew he had a kind of the, a big billion at the World Cup, and he's mm. shown that he can do it. Um, even you know when he's the main man and not playing, obviously, behind the likes of Salah and Firmino and obviously Coutinho previously. Uh, with us, so yeah, uh, interesting that one. Um, we're going to move on now to the pro- promoted teams uh, from the Championship. That's uh, Fulham, Wolves, and Cardiff. We want to have a quick look at the business they've been doing, and we'll start with Fulham. Uh, we have mentioned Fulham on this podcast previously already, simply because uh, they've made quite a few signings in the past past week or so. Um, Jake um, Fulham must be absolutely delighted with the the business. So just to Clarify the players have officially brought in so far are Jean Michael Seri, Alexander Mitrovic, uh, Fabri, the goalkeeper from Besiktas, uh, Maxime Le Marchand. Is that the Le Marchand? Le, Le Marchand. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I don't know all these uh, pronunciations. Um, uh, from Nice and also Andre Schiller is there on a on a two year loan. That's right. Uh, but I mean, phenomenal summer for Fulham. When you consider a new team, it's, yeah, it's yeah, really impressive. Absolutely. I mean, it started quiet. I think there was a bit of uh, panic amongst the fans um, purely because Fulham has a small squad. We we did have, uh, I say we, Fulham had a uh, a lot of uh, loan signings sort of last season that, that played play roles within the championship team that got promoted. Um, and obviously they went back and, and losing Frederick so quickly into the start of the, you know, sort of transfer window um, definitely left the club short in a few areas but um, it seems like there were talks going on throughout and they have obviously secured really good deals um, you know later yeah. on in the transfer window and, and, and done some as you say some fantastic business now what I've got to say with Fulham what um, obviously the, the signed Seri which kind of came out of nowhere it did uh, yeah. when that happened but you know there's a great sign obviously given the teams that he was linked with but this Mitrovic deal, which has now obviously been done, it, that feels like almost one of the last pieces of the jig. So he was the the big one. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. I think Fulham. I know he's not particularly a name; he's a name yeah. you know already. But um, he was so integral. Yeah, I so, mean, it, it, so it was. Well, the thing is, it's like the fairy tale transfer, isn't it? You know, he's the man who who got loaned in in January. He was the the missing piece of the puzzle to get the team promoted. Uh, you know, the hero throughout that campaign. You know, the the last you know sort of you know the end of the season basically, and to have him return to the to the club is a massive boost and, and it's it's such a it's a position that Fulham really needed to strengthen you need a quality striker in this division and you know that's that's hopefully what he is and he's, he's got a relationship with Slavisa Jukanovic as well hasn't he absolutely he knows yeah. how you to get the best out of chemistry him. or whatever you know it's yeah uh, I was going to say very impressive manager he, he deserves a shot at the Premier League now he's, uh, he's he does I mean, he's been so good in the championship as a manager yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it was it was sort of heartbreaking in some ways what happened to him at Watford. He didn't get that opportunity, and um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is he he's a modern manager. He he's a he's an exciting manager as well. You know, he, he's he's not prepared to sort of part the bus. And there's no disrespect to teams that that do that. You know, and and have form really rigid defenses and stuff like that. Which is which is one thing. You know, if you look at negatively for the next season, they are potentially 
a little short in defence still, and they could leak goals. Um, who's who's going to play centre half? Well, I think as things stand, it would be Reem and potentially um, Lamarchon, or it could be Dennis Adoy. Obviously, if, uh, if Fulham, who who will play left back if Lamarche and Jesus Well, this is the, this is half. the problem. This is why I say Fulham are still short. They still enough. need. They still yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, because I mean, Lamarchon is is a left back and a centre back, but in pre season he definitely looked better at centre back. He definitely looked more natural a player as a ball player and sort of centre half. Fulham uh, still linked oh, yeah. uh, with Wimbledon's obviously uh, Alfie Mawson well, this is, this um, is another one yeah. I think he's like £25 million pound or so that yeah. Swansea rating him I, I know Swansea went down last year but I've been impressed with him he seems to be getting better I think better. he'd be another very good side See, I think, think this is it I think you know you say that Dimitrovic is the final piece of the puzzle it is to an extent but I think realistically um, you know attacking and field wise Fulham looked good and, and you know he could have got goals maybe without you know without having that Mitrovic character but defence is the area that Fulham really need to look at now and more so yeah, because a, a door is a heart attack. Oh, yeah, he, I like even action waiting to happen. Gives, you know, as, gives as, you kittens every time he you is, watch him. He, he's a heart attack, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt Target as well uh, has been linked. I don't know where that one's at at the moment, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. But, I mean, Supposedly, Fulham have come back in for him. I've, I've, you know, I've consistently shown interest in the player. Um, again, he was a, you know, a massive component in Fulham getting promoted. You know, you, I think he's overlooked in some ways, but he was huge. He freed up Sessignon gave him creative freedom down that left flank because he because he covered him basically and um yeah i mean he he's not going to be playing for southampton so it'd be a nice it, one it's to a, move, it's a move that would make sense for everyone wouldn't it, it really would, Ryan yeah. bertrand's southampton's captain yeah. number one left back he's, so he's not going anywhere yeah. yeah uh and just very quickly one name that we haven't mentioned yet while talking about fulham is is ryan sessingham mm. how on earth have you got through the whole of this summer and barely anyone's mentioned his name when he's been he was the name on everyone's lips up until the end of the season, about they were promoted, Aaron. But, well, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, yes, they got promoted, but I mean, <laughs> there's still a difference in obviously being linked to Manchester United and Tottenham, and you know all these, you know, there is, there is. And, but I think, I think people, I think people overlook the fact that when he was in his pomp, you know, this season, he's he's only just stormed onto the scene. You know, I think there's this thing that he's this gem that's always been that he he he's has just sort of stormed onto the scene as of the, the latter half of, of the second half of the last season, um, and also he's. He was 17 at that time. He, he was at Fulham City with eight with his brother. He, he grew up opposite the training ground. I mean, he is so attached to that club. And, you know, you could look at it from different perspectives or whatever. Of course, there's money and there's, there's the, the opportunity to play in a big squad. And he will hopefully go on to, and do that. But, you know, a first season playing in the Premier League with Fulham, I, I think it's. I think he made it quite clear to, to clubs that he, was, he wanted to do that for a year. And it's then, an opportunity, and then he'll, and he'll opportunity for him now to yeah, play he's, regularly. He's, yeah. in the Premier League Absolutely. and for those other clubs that were interested in him to see right is he the real Absolutely, deal yeah. how does he get on yeah. it's, it's a clever move yeah. I, I, I think the people who were advising him are actually really smart and deserve a lot of credit but I, I think and he deserves a lot of credit as well though to, to be fair I think he has his head screwed on you know he, he does seem to be for his, for his youth he does seem to be a very switched on sensible character you know and um, yeah fair play to him I will, I will, the one I will say for Fulham, um, Shirley could be very, very good for them. He, he went to Dortmund as their record signing. He had an injury hit a couple of years and it hasn't worked for him. But Fulham's game is all about passing and mm. movement. His movement is exceptional. He's mm. very quick over five yards. He'll get a lot of chances this season. I can see him yeah. scoring quite a few goals for them. Yeah, no, certainly exciting times ahead for Fulham. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. 
It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're going to move on to Wolves, who obviously also came up uh, in from the Championship. Um, they they ran away with the Championship um, last season. But um, Alex, I believe you're not particularly convinced by their summer transfer businesses. I mean, I mean, there's outsiders like my, myself probably look at what they've done, and I've looked at Wolves and gone. I mean, they're, 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 they're doing well, but you, you've they're got, get, you've they're got a few question marks. They're getting a lot of praise for the, some of the deals that they've done. You know, Root Patricia in particular is that's a, such an upgrade on the on the goalkeeper. Mm. I don't think I don't think there's many goalkeepers in the Premier League better than him. Full stop. Yeah. Um, and Jean Moutinho has great experience, great pedigree, very good player, and he'll go and play alongside Ruben Neves. That's a position where they are still a little lacking centre midfield. They need another. They look a little bit. Lightweight in some areas is, is the issue. The players have signed very good quality players, but they they do still need to strengthen. You know, they, they've let Barry Douglas go to Leeds, who was really good at left back last season, um, fourteen assists in the championship. Um, but they need to replace him. But Johnny in from Celta Vigo, who moved to Atletico Madrid on a permanent deal and has joined on loan, um, but he's very much a, a more defensively minded player. Not so much a wing back, but more a full back. So there's good questions. How does he fit in the style? He's also right footed and plays on the left, so you lose a bit of balance there. So the question marks are very much still. We need another left back in that position because they they were asking about a left back towards the end of last season. That's how early they'd made the, the decision on Douglas, but continued until they had an offer on the table. You know he's 28, and they've got five million for a player with one year left on his contract. Mm. So it's a, it's a good deal for the club, but they are lightweight. They, they they've bought Raúl Jiménez in up front. Leo Bonatini's loan deal was turned permanent. You know we all saw Benny Kafobi was signed and then sold. They still perhaps need another forward. They're after Adama Traore from Middlesbrough, but won't go near his 18 million release clause. So that's something that will be revisited. There's a lot of forward options there, and it's another one they're adding, but defensively they still need an addition on that left wing back in centre midfield because you can't see Moutinho going through all 38 games this season and they need another centre half yeah. Yeah, so with all the question marks that you've got I mean there's been people on social media I think people in, in our office and stuff have said as well you know you know, Wolves pushing for top half potentially even for Europe I've seen in some places on social media um, where, where, where do you see Wolves' business taking them I think, this season? I think right now if if season were to be played with a the squad they've got right now, I think you'd see them finish twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. But I think the aim that they, the owners, very much are aiming to get into, they want European football. Their goal is to get Wolves into the Champions League, and so and they want to get there as quickly as possible. But they're not they're not aimlessly throwing money at it. They are ruthless businessmen and doing it in that way. But that's where they want to go because that's where the money is, mm-hmm. and that's how they're going to get returns on their investment. So they're aiming to gradually work their way there 
in the way that Manchester City did when the money first came into City. Mm. Yeah. How about Nuno then as a shout to be first manager sacked this season? Or do you think that they're too loyal be, to him? He won't be sacked at all. If Wolves are doing well and a bigger job comes up, then he could possibly leave. Yeah. But he won't be sacked at all. He's, so. It's very much the philosophy of the playing side comes directly from him. Yeah. So six, say, you're six, we're six weeks into the season. Uh, Wolves are in the bottom three, say 10 points off the top half. Um, I mean, I don't think the gap off the top half will probably be that big by that point. You, you still think they'll, 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 they'll stick with him? It's not a proper urgency. As such, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very much that you're in the Premier League this season, you have to just be safe. Yeah. You know, there is, there's first, no looking ahead of that. Don't you? While, while they want to, you know, hit that top half, hit the top six, eventually battle for Champions League places and grow, it's very much about safety in this first season. Yeah. Um, the other team that got promoted was Cardiff. Um, this is a complete contrast to, say, Wolves and, and Fulham in the, in the fact that They've not really spent much money. No. At all. And uh, everybody is tipping Cardiff to go down. Yeah. And um, and it's, it's pretty clear why, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the incomings that they've had, uh, Josh Murphy from Norwich, Bobby Reid from Bristol City, uh, Alex Smithies, the goalkeeper from QPR, and uh, Greg Cunningham, uh, the full-back from Preston North End. Um, I, th- I mean, let's, let's be honest. I, I think well, what stands out? Reid's... Immediately from that, Reed's okay, Murphy's okay, but God, they're not Premier League quality the, players. That's, that's exactly it. The, the, all, all four are Championship players, you know. Which is no disrespect to those players, but are they going to have the quality to? I, if, I think if, if Bobby Reed were playing in a, in a more attacking side, he'd have a very good season. In a, don't get me he'd wrong, be very good. Four good players. If he'd have gone to Fulham. Four good signings, but you know, you feel like you need to have, and, it, and it's it's unfortunate for Cardiff because they haven't got the, the budget, perhaps that say Fulham Wolves have got, and. You know the ability to just drop that sort of cash on a player, you know. But at the same time, is it? I just fear, is it going to be enough to to keep them afloat? With uh, you, you I, need you I need think that the thing with else. them though is that they weren't expected to be promoted last season. Exactly. They were very much a team that people last season were thinking you're going to be mid lower half of the See, championship, the and the then thing. miraculously this they get up. And e- e- even two months before the end of last season, when obviously they've already had a great season at that point, I'm still thinking. You're still going to drop off. Yeah, you're still going to mm. fall. And, and, and fair play to them, they, they did what O'Neill wanted. Well, well, he knows and, and what he's doing, doesn't he? You cannot knock him for that. He knows exactly what he's doing. And that, he, he that gets the, he gets the absolute maximum out of players. Yeah. At and, that and, level. He, and he did a fantastic job. You know, you, you, but you know, you, I fear they could pull the trigger quickly if things don't start going their way uh, at Cardiff. Yeah. He could he could be a casualty quite soon. And and, and, and we've seen with Warnock before that another he, manager get the best out of those players. Like the whole Premier League no. experience, yeah. he, he prefers working in the Championship. Yeah. He doesn't particularly like the like the cameras and the media. And I don't, they don't he comes across somebody who very much likes the sound of his own voice. But mm. I, I also feel that he doesn't particularly respond too well to being. He can be questioned about everything that he does all the time. About it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and um, things don't go easy. He will, he, well, this is the thing. Track. You know, there is a danger that things will go, you know, badly quickly. And as you say, you need to stem that flow. And if if you can't, then you know, you do fear for them. I think this yeah. season. I think you admire you admire what they did last season yeah. and the way they did it. You know, it wasn't pretty at times, but it was very effective Extremely, and they were very yeah. well organised. But is that enough for the Premier League? Is that enough to grind out results against Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United? They'll they'll be defined by how they get on against teams in the yeah, in yeah. the bottom half of, of the course. table. 
but you have to say that all the teams they're going to come up against this season will be better footballing teams. And, and also, and also, Wolves come up against Cardiff next year, home and away. As a, you know, you're looking at three points from both those games. I, you know, ideally, as a Wolves fan, you're, you're you're looking at those games as the ones you pick your points up. I think I think early. that's that's, that's so, going to be the same for all teams. Well, of course, of course, Huddersfield, Newcastle, of course, Southampton. But I think you fancy yourself a bit more coming up against the Cardiff than you yeah. than you would against come you know against the Southampton even who haven't been good yeah. in recent years. Yeah. Okay then, so um, the three uh, promoted teams then: Fulham, Wolves, Cardiff. Um, who's who's had the best summer? Who, who are we going for? I, I, I mean, I think we can rule out Cardiff. Anyway. I think I think right now you're looking at Fulham. I think I think you can't underestimate the job Slavisa Jukanovic has done, not just on the pitch, but in terms of gaining control off the pitch from the transfer. The way they were conducting transfers 12, well, 12 months ago, he hasn't got full. He hasn't got full disclosure over it. There is, you know, Tony Khan does play a, a huge part in that. There is. A but who was the other guy that was there before? Klein. Yeah, and he he had a say, and Jukanovic yeah. wasn't getting the well, players well, he wanted. Was thing, he? You know, it, it was it was doing the whole sort of money ball, looking at stats style of of recruitment. Um, it is it is more complicated. There are a few there are a few players involved in the recruitment process. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, uh, you look at Fulham's th- the business they've done. It's I think I think the reason why it looks as if Fulham have done better business is because I think we knew Wolves had money. We knew Wolves were going to be spending big. They, you know, they did in the championship. But, you know, we knew that they were going to be bringing in some good players. And you know, the likes of Moutinho is, is a st- is an incredible sign. But having said that, I don't think you looked at Fulham in the same vein. I think Fulham have surprised people by, by bringing well, Fulham, in. Fulham, well, I mean, first signing to bring Serie in, who was probably in, spent more than double what Wolves have spent this yeah. summer and I think that's the reason why it's looked upon fondly is because you know it's it's sort expected it's been a surprise exactly to, to a first signing you know Fulham fans are getting tetchy worrying about who we're going to bring in because we haven't got anyone yet and, and then suddenly Seri turns up who, who you know took the wrong train to Man United and ended up in <laughs> ended up in Fulham you know you think how, how did that happen so I think that's why Fulham Fulham's business looks yeah. looks particularly I, I would say that if you ask the same question again in nine days' time, you may get a, a different answer because Wolves are nowhere near done. They know that there are areas they still need to strengthen, mm. and I think they'll be going all guns blazing to strengthen. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, then uh, we, we've all mentioned Cardiff pretty much almost. I was going to say shoe-ins for, to go down. I was going to say, but they're not shoe-ins, But they're, there's, there's a reason they're, they're, they're odds on with bookmakers. Yeah. Um, where then do we expect Wolves and Fawns to finish this season? Give us a. Uh, Give us a little prediction of why. I think you're looking at anything between 10th and 16th for the pair. Mm. Um, All those places are much of a muchness last season, so I think you're looking at that sort of ballpark. I I like how you've backtracked on Wolves kind of over 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 the past few months because it wasn't too long ago that you were saying, "Oh, Wolves, uh, Europa League, we'll get into Europe," and then it was like, "It's just a thing with you, Larry. You don't understand a joke when you hear one." Top half, and then no, 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 no. No, I think they can both. They can both push for the top half. There is absolutely nothing to fear in that league. You look at Burnley finishing seventh last season. There's no reason to fear fear anything. You can Mm. finish anywhere between seventh and twentieth. But I think tenth to sixteenth is realistic for both right now. No. I, I must say I, I do feel like Wolves will finish above Fulham this season personally um, I just I fear with Fulham um, as mu- as, a, as admirable as it is that Jukanovic wants to wants to play his style of football and that's great and when we do play it well it's it's fantastic to watch but trying to play expansive attacking football against Liverpool and Tottenham and Man City this year could I think Fulham could see a few pastings. I think that, that is the, the one difference between the two. Fulham likes to play this open game, and that's yeah. very much how. And, and it's nice play. when it works. When it doesn't work, it you know. I think Wolves are a far more pragmatic team. Mm. They they can play the open stuff and the expansive stuff, and they like to make the pitch big. 
but when they need to dig in and settle, they can put five men across the back line and then try and play on the counter-attack. They are very good at that. Mm. Caught a lot of teams by surprise yeah, last season away yeah. from home doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, as exactly. I mean, Fulham's game was, you know, letting Kearney have space in the middle of the park and, and pulling the strings. Is he going to get that space against Premier League midfielders? Probably not. Yeah, He certainly won't be playing on the right wing though, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it will be very very interesting anyway to see uh, what is going to happen w- with those teams uh, guys really appreciate your insight on uh, all of the teams um, that have come up uh, from the championship uh, just very quickly before we finish a couple more transfer lines that are floating about today uh, West Ham apparently are closing in on a deal for Danny Drinkwater who seems like he's going to leave Chelsea uh, not going to get a shot under Maurizio Sarri there uh, Mamadou Sako could end up leaving Crystal Palace. Uh, Leon are interested that's a, in him. That's a, I read that yesterday. That's a strange one. Leon mm. wants to pay half what Palace paid for him last summer. Mm. Yeah. Don't don't see that being a goer at all. Yeah. And, and Palace are in a position where they need to hang on to their keep, man. I say pa- Palace have had a really uh, funny summer, but uh, we're going to speak about Palace uh, on this podcast uh, later this week uh, when we go through some of the other Premier League teams. And uh, Marcus Rojo... Um, transfer links as well to Everton uh, but Manchester United want £30 million pounds, and uh, let's be honest they're probably not going to get £30 million pounds for him no. I, it's just mind you actually I say that Everton have paid some ridiculous well, fees well if a team are going to pay it it's going to be Everton it, it is going to be Everton yeah Yeah. so uh, I don't know they, they, they might get lucky but he's, he's, he's not a £30 million pound player I'm sorry sorry about that one um, but yeah that'll do us today uh, thank you very much guys do appreciate it uh, if you don't subscribe to us already, you can get us on Spotify, you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Acast, you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. As I say, we're back every single day, uh, every single weekday, sorry, of the, the transfer window. Uh, so we will see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.